Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Again, to come together to hear your word and help us as we go through this passage to hear it as if for the first time. To not be overly comfortable with this passage, but to, to hear what it says and to appreciate it and to be thankful that you have come into our hearts. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, again, if you love Jesus, honk your horns. On your bulletin, you see a picture here. I will come back to this in a few moments. But uh, I think that this picture not only will provide some help for you, but also be tied to our message today. I'd like you to join me in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 27. And the message is entitled, I will draw all men to me. John chapter 12, beginning in verse 27, Jesus says, Now my soul, or now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Now, as we begin this passage of Scripture today, I want you to think about the parallel between what Jesus said in verse 27 about his soul being troubled and compare that to what was going on in the garden. For example, in Mark chapter 14, verses 35 and 36, and going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. We see in this particular passage that Jesus was troubled. And the original meaning that was used for this word in Greek meant to cause inward turmoil, to stir somebody up, to disturb them, to unsettle them, and in some cases even to throw them into confusion. Now we know that Jesus was not confused about what was going on, but we do know obviously that he was going through a strong sense of emotions because he knew that he was about to face this death and in the facing the death, he would also face the wrath of God on our behalf. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For our sake he was made to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus was truly troubled. John MacArthur said that the term used here was very strong and signified horror and anxiety and agitation. And as I said earlier, R.C. Sproul said that Jesus was greatly troubled by the prospect of bearing the wrath of his Holy Father in the place of sinners. This question that he asked when he says in verse 27, And what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? He knew that that was not the right thing. And yet so often we, we try to get out of something instead of going through it. I want you to think about the, the three Hebrew children. 
If they had prayed, Lord, instead of having us be put into this fiery furnace, can you save us somehow? The story would have been dramatically different. But because they did go through the furnace experience, the Bible says that there was a fourth man with them. This fourth man experienced no fire damage, neither did the three Hebrew children. They came out, didn't even smell like smoke. And because of that, then Nebuchadnezzar said, the king of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be our king as well. I want you to notice the four-word prayer in verse 28. Father, glorify your name. We have said here at Roland Fort Baptist Church for the last several years that everything that we do should glorify God. And the songs that we have sung this morning have talked about glorifying His name. I want you to notice that Jesus did not pray, Father, glorify my name. And to glorify God's name means to praise Him, to magnify Him, to celebrate Him, and to honor Him. Jesus said in a, a chapter that we read uh, a few months ago in John chapter 7, the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Everything that Jesus did was to, to glorify God. We saw in John chapter 11 when they were asked about this uh, illness that uh, Lazarus was going through. And he said, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. We also see this in John 13 when we get there, that uh, God is glorified in Christ. And in John 17, that great prayer that Jesus prayed, we see twice that he uh, had glorified God and that God was glorifying him. And so we too must be busy glorifying God and glorifying Jesus and glorifying the Spirit as we prayed through that song a few moments ago. And then you see a voice from heaven. God said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. There are three times in Scripture that shows God speaking to Jesus in an audible voice like this. First of all, we know that when Jesus was baptized, God said, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. And then on the mountain of transfiguration, as shown in Matthew 17, uh, God said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then, of course, in the passage today, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. In other words, he was saying, I have been glorifying my name, and I will continue to do so. And God was doing this through the work of Christ. The crowd that heard this was very confused. Some of them said, well, it, it was thunder, and some said, well, it was an angel. But regardless what the perspective was that they had, Jesus said in verse 30, This voice has come for your sake and not mine. Jesus knew that they needed to have validation. Just like in John 11, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and he prayed, I knew that you heard me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe you sent me. And so again, Jesus shows us that he is not praying to be seen by others and say, wow, what a great spiritual person, but he's praying before others so that he could prove once again that he was the Son of God. 
Now join me in verse 31. Now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Well, let's start with the part about the judgment. This judgment of the world that he's talking about. John used this word in different places. For example, if you go back to John 3.19, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Jesus talked about it in John chapter 5. That those who had done good will have the resurrection of life, and those who had done evil would have the resurrection of judgment. And in John chapter 9, Jesus says, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. And I want to ask you this morning, who is Jesus referring to in this verse when he says, the ruler of this world will be cast out. Well, of course, that's Satan. And throughout Scripture, he's sometimes called the ruler of this world. Uh, in this particular passage, he uh, says in John fourteen thirty, for example, the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me or he has nothing on me. He has no power over me. Paul said that uh, Satan could also be called the God of this world in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. How that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And, and by the way, all of these verses are at the end of your outline, so uh, you have those. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was what? To destroy the works of the devil. Now, for the remainder of our time this morning, we'll focus on this phrase, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And we see here that he was talking about uh, the type of death that he would face. Uh, if you go back to John 3, Jesus said, as, a, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And of course, in John 18, 32, uh, this was to fulfill the words that Jesus had spoken. Again, showing that God is sovereign. Nothing happens outside of His will. Everything happens according to His plan, and we can be confident in Him, knowing that He will take care of us. Now, I want you to go back to the picture that I have on your bulletin. The world says, I just don't think that God would, and before they can go any farther, our answer is always pointing to Scripture. In any discussion about God, Jesus, salvation, uh, anything about that, we should always focus on and only use what is found in Scripture. Not opinions, not myths, but only the truth through God's Word. And I want you to see something this morning, and I didn't know this, I was telling Sam before the service, that there's so many tools available for us to understand more about what's going on in this passage. Number one on your sheet there, the word draw, in the original language, which means to draw by inward power, 
When Jesus says, I will draw all men to myself, it is the inward power that he's talking about. He's not talking about an outward attraction. This verse is sometimes misused by people that say, well, we're going to have this revival, and if we just praise Jesus loud enough, and if we just get so excited about Jesus, then people will come to us automatically. That's not what he's talking about at all. He says that I will draw men to me because of what I'm doing on that cross. And here's something that I really want you to see. This same word is used in John 6.44 that we had. It's the same exact word, and it says that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, here's the gold nugget that I want you to get today. In the English language, the word draw appears several times, obviously, in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. However, if you look at the original language, this word that I've given you is only used, that's number three on your sheet, it's only used in John 6.44 and John 12, verse 32. It is important to recognize that. This word, that is a rule in studying Scripture. When you have a word that is not commonly used, and you see that it's only used uh, a few times, and in this case, only twice, and both times, talk about God drawing us, Jesus drawing us, there's a special meaning to this word. It's unlike any other word that's out there. Only used twice. That's why number four on your sheet says this. Only God can draw men to Christ, and he does this through the cross of Christ. It is through the cross that we have salvation. It is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is not by works. It is not by anything else. It's only by faith in Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross. And that's why by faith we are, or by grace we are saved by faith. And so this is what I'm telling you. In the English language, we miss so much if we don't do a deeper study of these words. Now, I realize that everybody doesn't have the uh, resources that I have uh, purchased and have on my, my uh, computer. But as I preach and teach these passages, I will give you uh, these things from time to time to help you understand how special this word is. Now look at the phrase, all people to myself. In the King James, he uses the word men, will draw all men unto myself. The Bible exposition commentary says that the phrase all men does not suggest universal salvation. In other words, it's not saying every single person in the world will be saved because Jesus died upon the cross. And we know this because we've seen several places where Jesus said that the road to destruction was wide and the road to salvation was narrow. We know that he said in John 7, 21, that, that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter in, but only the one who does the will of my Father. So we, we see this in the Bible Knowledge Commentary. 
Jesus said that at the cross he would draw all men to himself. He did not mean everybody would be saved, for he made it clear that there will be some that's lost. For example, in John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And this is the passage I read earlier for you. Charles Spurgeon, in one of his sermons, using the phrase that we saw last week, the whole world has gone after him. Did all the world go after Christ, he wrote? Then did all Judea, were they baptized in the Jordan? Was all Judea and all Jerusalem baptized in Jordan? What about the phrase, you were God's children? Little, or you were God. Let me try that again. You are of God, little children, and the whole world lieth in the wicked one. Does the whole world mean everybody? The words world and all are used in seven or eight senses in Scripture. And it's very rarely that all means all persons individually, but it means all people of all sorts, whether it be Jews, Gentiles, rich, poor, and so forth. Now, when you see this phrase, Jesus saying, I will draw all people to myself, notice the difference from what he said back in Matthew 10 when he sent out his disciples and he told them in Matthew 10 verse 5, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. And in Matthew 15, when he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So originally, as we know, the gospel was brought through Jesus Christ to the Jews and then also bringing us in as well. Let us praise God that Jesus did not say, I will bring all Jews into myself. He said, I will bring all people. And through Christ, we have the ability to be adopted into the family of God. In Ephesians chapter 2. Treasure these words, people. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And one more passage for you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 to 23. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This morning, as we think about this passage of Scripture, let us truly value the treasure that we found in the word draw, realizing it's only used twice, let us also glorify God and give Him praise for allowing us, those who are not Jews, to have access to the gospel through Jesus Christ. Let us be thankful. Let us praise Him. 
and let us magnify him. Again, that phrase does not mean make God bigger because you can't do that. But what it means is, is to change our perspective of him. Instead of thinking God is so far away and so small, make him big in our lives. Focus on him. Glorify him. Uh, spend time uh, praising him and telling others about the good works of God in your life. So I pray that you have salvation through Jesus Christ. And if you do not, if you are not yet a Christian, then I pray that today that you would sense God working in your heart and that you would say, I confess my sins, and that you would follow him. That's only possible as God draws us to him. So if you're a Christian, please rejoice in knowing that he has pulled you to himself. Heavenly Father, we ask you right now to help us to understand these words. Father, thank you for the treasure that we have in Scripture. And Father, I thank you for our church family, for us having the ability to come together each week and to, to worship you. Father, help us to be what you'd have us to be, and help us to be effective in sharing the gospel with those around us. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen.